This is the Cabinets HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Cabinets. Hello, and welcome to the Cabinets HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cabinets. Our guest today is Jacob Basgard. Jacob, are you ready to be great today? Absolutely. After growing one of his first PPPC clients from 25 to 250 employees, Jake realized he had a gift for using pay-per-click marketing to drive dramatic business results. To help more companies succeed online, Jake founded Disruptive Advertising, a PPC and CRO management agency that has helped hundreds of companies realize unprecedented growth and profitability from the online advertising. In the four years since its founding, disruptive, disruptive advertising has grown from two employees working in Jake's basement to a flourishing agency with more than 120 employees and a run rate of over 18 million, putting it at number 145 on the 2017 Inc. 500 list. As a business owner and speaker, Jacob Basgar's witty, thoughtful, and general approach to pay-per-click advertising makes him a compelling leader, compelling leader in the destruction marketing arena. Jacob, thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So, Jacob, what's keeping you busy right now? What do you focus on? Well, the things that are definitely keeping me the busiest are finding the right leaders for my organization. And uh, I've, I've found that there's not a lot of easy ways to, to figure that out. So, Jacob, um, on a different subject, I looked at your LinkedIn profile. You did an interest article in 2017 on culture. It's a story about how you had your new job out of college. And you told this guy, well, no, I'm okay, okay. And the guy said, no, you're not really okay. And he took the time to help you out. And you talk about the impact of culture. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you bet. I'll, I'll, I'll dive into that story a little bit more, which actually ties into one of our stated core values here at Disruptive Advertising. I think like, uh, like most of us, after, after school, we kind of jump into the workforce and we think it's going to be peaches and roses and lots of money and fun all the time. And uh, I remember even taking my wife in and being like, this is my sweet station and my dual monitors. And man, this is just the... Look at the ping pong tables they've got here and the pool tables and the guitars sitting around and free snacks. And man, this is great. I am so excited to be here. And that all changed relatively quickly as I then the you know reality hit. I did not know what I was doing. <laughs> and the individual that was in charge of training me was, was a great person that, that didn't necessarily have the skill set to, to be training. And so if I asked for a clarification or asked the same question twice, the response that I would get, you know, just made me afraid to ask uh, anything. And, and so I didn't feel like I was in a position to ask for help. I wasn't learning what I needed to learn. And I thought, this sucks. Like, I'm a fraud. What? <laughs> I thought I was going to like be successful and stuff. And what's going on here? And, and that was when an individual, his name was Jeff, still a good friend to this date. We, we'd become acquainted with each other. And one day he's walking by my desk and he's like, how are you, Jake? And I said, oh, I'm fine. He's like, BS, you're not fine. I can, I can tell it's oozing out of you, you know? And he said, let's talk about it. And so I kind of helped him understand what I was going through and how I was feeling. And, uh, and then that man who, who mind you at the time had seven kids. He's had one more since then as well. Busy man, successful professional, 
big family, lots on his plate, uh, proceeded to take some uh, time out of his busy calendar every day, sometimes during work hours, sometimes after, to help me progress in the ways that I needed to and to be that mentor for me when I needed it. And um, he didn't have to. I didn't report up through him. There was no real benefit, uh, professionally speaking or financially for him. And he just did it because he wanted to do it because that's the kind of person that he was. And that man literally changed my life. He gave me confidence when I had none in myself. He held me accountable and didn't, didn't let me get away with not putting in the work and, and was just the right mentor in the right place at the right time for me. And uh, it's one of the core values that as I've grown disruptive that we've really tried to stay true to, which is uh, we call it get new tires, which is based on the principle of we care about the individual. And uh, the story about this is I, I love fun type celebrations, things that are memorable and exciting. And so one year we hit our revenue goal. And to celebrate, everybody got a $200 bonus and $1 bill. And so we all counted to three and we all threw it up in the air at the same time and let it rain down on us. And you know, it was just a fun experience, right? And, and then the uh, laborious task of then picking them up and coming out one at a time. And, and then uh, one team then proceeded to take all their stacks of $200 bills and went and put it on one of their team members' desks. And, and this was a team member that they knew was just in, in a bit of a, of a difficult situation and financially and, and needed new tires on his car. So they all just left their money on his desk and said, Hey, go get some new tire. And yeah, that's a great story. Yeah. And, um, and then more recently, these are things that literally happen on a regular basis. So that's why we, our, our core value is get new tires. And then we had a new, a uh, newer individual whose husband was doing a residency in some exotic island somewhere. And they, they didn't have the financial means to, to be visiting each other too often. And she had her professional thing going on over here and he was doing his thing over there and they were seeing each other twice a year. I mean, that'd be hard in any relationship, right? And, uh, and her team came to me and said, we'd love to surprise her with tickets to go see her husband for Thanksgiving. And would you be willing to chip in anything, chip in on that, Jake? And I said, well, the company would be glad to chip in. I'll match anything you guys put in. And, and that's just the kind of, uh, you know, we're not, we don't bat a thousand at that, but, uh, you know, they did that. They surprised her with it. And man, talk about motivation for anyone. When, they, when we feel cared about as individuals, we will, we will like break through walls. We will go to war with people. We will do whatever it takes to succeed when we know that we're with people that care and they care because they care, not because there's necessarily something in it for them. And, uh, that's, that's what I would say. Yeah, I'm just super passionate about that. It makes life awesome. Yes, and, and to me, isn't it amazing? Like whenever you get like a mentor or someone who wants to help you out, it's usually someone not in your chain of command. Is someone you know not not you know has nothing to do with you, or always works out like that. It sure means a lot more in that situation, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So I also noticed in your LinkedIn profile that you're um, Google Ads and Bing Ad certified. Should small business owners even be worried about Bing ads or Bing search? Is that even a thing anymore? Or <laughs> You know, um, it is. And uh, Google still, Google has about 75% of the market share. And so that's definitely where, you know, probably even 80, 80 plus percent. Um, I don't know if I believe what both of them put out there, but something like that. And so uh, it certainly reaches a different demographic and it certainly increases the potential reach of the people that you are looking to advertise to. And so there's certainly a place for it. It's usually not the game changer. 
but it's usually, hey, we've already got it working pretty well on Google, and now we can go and get about 20% more on Bing. That's, that's more what I'm seeing there. And what's your take on Snapchat ads and Instagram ads? Well, Snapchat, we haven't done as much with as an agency. We've done some exploratory things. Instagram, we do a lot with. And uh, Instagram is run through the same ad platform as Facebook. And we have seen tremendous success with those two avenues. And the challenge is most people are doing it wrong. So they, so they spend some money on it and they say, well, I just wasted a bunch of money and didn't get what I needed from it. And it's not because the platform doesn't work. It's because the strategy is wrong. And uh, understanding that people don't go on to Facebook or Instagram to buy something. They go on there to interact with friends and acquaintances and whatever, you know, consume kind of interesting and funny content or whatever that might be. They don't go on there to buy something. And so there really does have to be good targeting, good messaging, and a good approach to, you know, getting them the right message a few times before they're going to make that purchase. And there certainly is a way to do that cost effectively. So next two-part question. Let's say there's a business owner out there. Number one, why shouldn't he just do this himself? Like, why invest money in SIH? So, I mean, how can they just you know, figure it out themselves? And number two, they decide to pick HE. How do they pick the right, the one, right HE for themselves? What's the process you would recommend them do that? Yeah. You know, that's a great question. It's kind of the in-house. Do we figure it out myself or do I hire someone to bring internally to figure this out? Or should I use an agency? And there are pros and cons to both approaches. And I don't know that there is a one-size-fits-all here. I think some people are very naturally inclined to be successful in those areas and others are not. And so I would say, generally speaking, if you're getting a business off the ground or you're still a smaller business, you have more, more important things to be doing that you can uniquely do for the business that you can't outsource. Um, marketing, especially specialty marketing, like on Google or Bing or Facebook or Instagram, our specialty component. And it's typically less expensive uh, when you think about it to, to bring in someone that knows what they're doing because it removes the learning curve. It's, uh, when you think of time value of money, it's typically less expensive to hire an outsourced solution than doing it myself as the business owner. And, and I get better results. I mean, we've developed a software that's now audited over 5,000 businesses' accounts on Google and Facebook. And we found that 76% of the budgets are completely wasted. That also doesn't even assume that the other 24% is profitable. And so chances are, if you do it on your own and you figure it out along the way, you're going to waste a lot of money. And you don't necessarily need to if you can engage the right solution. So as you know, there's a lot of people that do what you do. Yes. How does a business owner, I forget the best one, you know, because I think a lot of agency, they'll say, you know, do this, do that. And six months later, there's no results. And the HU say, well, you didn't do exactly what we said. Well, I mean, how, does it, how, do, you, how do people walk through all that, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it's a relationship. And both people definitely need to do their part to make that work. Uh, what I found is that sometimes businesses uh, try to just completely hand it off with no involvement and expect the agency to be successful. That, that's actually not a good approach. Uh, there does need to be collaboration and, and mutual effort and working together on that. That being said, everything's measurable. And so we should be able to know, hey, if it didn't work, at least we know why it didn't work and what not to do next time so that we can continue to, to move this needle and get the results that we're looking for. And, and I think that that comes down to more of an expectation standpoint. I think that it's, there's rarely a silver bullet that solves all problems, right? And so an agency is not going to be the silver bullet. I think it requires mutual effort and commitment to each other. And then 
typically what we see on average, and of course, this varies shorter or longer depending on the situation, but on average, within three months, we should have found a few things that are working well enough that we can achieve sustainability with that marketing budget. Meaning, hey, you know, we've typically stopped the bleeding. We've figured out enough that's working that we're not losing money on the advertising dollars anymore. And then the next six months is figuring out, okay, how do we, how do we make sure that this is sustainable and aligns with our business goals and helps us accomplish those? And then kind of that six to 12 month period is where we go and go through the whole process again to figure out, all right, we figured out some things that work. We got them sustainable and profitable for the business. Now we got to go through that process again because otherwise we're going to be stuck where we're at. And so to, for me, it's just kind of a six month cycle that way. And sometimes I see people get a little too antsy in those first one, two or three months. And if, man, if that return isn't there, they're bailing, they're jumping ship, they're upset, they're emotional. And, um, it's pretty common. And it's, it's, it's like chasing our tails. It never really gets us anywhere. And however, the right agency will demonstrate, yes, the profitability is not there, but these are the campaigns that were profitable. Here's, you know, these two or three were, these eight were not. So overall, we're not profitable, but now we can focus more of the dollars on the ones that did work. And so that's the, that it should be an informed process. Jacob, are you a national company? Uh, we are. Yeah. We actually even service companies internationally as well. How do you, is it do word of mouth? Do you have a networking chain or marketing? How do you find your new customers? Are they usually come to you? Yeah. So we're, we're completely inbound. What we do for our clients is what we do for ourselves. We believe in eating our own dog food, so to speak. And so we're great at advertising on Google and Facebook and Instagram for ourselves. We we write a lot of great content and give away the farm in terms of everything that we do and how we do it. And, uh, and then, you know, we actually have about five to 700 businesses a month reaching out to us for help and seeing if we can help them with their efforts right now. And, um, I'm just a big believer in just do it right. Give away the farm as far as this is how we do it. This is how you should be doing it. Chances are you like the bandwidth or the expertise to actually pull this off. And if that's the case, we're a good potential option for you. That's it. So, Jacob, you have a lot of people coming in. And of course, we know the, the saying, every customer is not a good customer. How do you go about disqualifying a customer? Yeah. So, of every 100 businesses that reach out to us, we actually disqualify about 80. And for us, we just know the situations where we're more or less likely to succeed. So depending on the size of the business, the budget, the goals, the objectives, and the industry that they're in, we actually just go through a questionnaire. And depending on how they answer that, hey, we, hey, we're not the right fit for you for reasons X, Y, and Z. Here's some options that we would recommend to you to move you in the right direction. And, and when you're at this point, we would be the right solution for you because we work on the paid media side of things, which can be expensive, especially when people are just getting going. And so we may not be the right solution. Um, but what we found is that a lot of those do come back to us later down the road because we spent the time to tell them, hey, we are or are not the right fit for you. Most of them are not. And, and they appreciate that. There's very few organizations that will say no to a sale. And those are the organizations that, that plateau, struggle, and start to decline because at some point, you've got to know what you're good at and what you're not and, not, and, and set both parties up for success. Jake, in our pre-talk, you talked about you, you're looking for a new HR leader. Can you do a quick uh, recruiting spiel for what you're looking for in the position? We need a, I, I want an HR leader that is like my right-hand person in the company. Our culture, I think, is ultimately our competitive edge. 
in a really saturated industry. And, and I need, you know, I really want someone that aligns with that. You know, we've, we're, we're five and a half years into this. We, we've had tremendous growth. I think our culture has been a big part of that. And just realize that we've, we've kind of outgrown our ability to wing it from an HR standpoint anymore in the way that we recruit, interview, hire, onboard, train new managers, maintain the culture, uh, make sure that people have individual growth plans so that they know how to get from point A to point B in their careers while they're with us. Uh, there's just a lot of those things that we've just been winging it so far. So the person comes, he's actually going to actually build up the HR department from the ground up with your guidance, correct? Ground up. We do not have an HR person in the company. And I'm realizing I probably delayed this about a year too long. So Jacob, moving on, can you talk about telling you success in the past, what you learned from the success and what we can learn? I would say one of the best successes that I had this past year was actually uh, my wife and I were trying to figure out the right way to have a better relationship together. And so we were actually seeing a marriage counselor. And he encouraged us to read a book called Leadership and Self-Deception. And uh, after reading that book and in a session that we were having, I, I can't even tell you, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And, and this is going to sound so dumb, but I realized that the relationship I was hoping for was completely dependent on the changes I was hoping she would make. And it became completely apparent to me some of the flaws and baggage that I was bringing to the relationship. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. The, the sense of superiority that I had had in the relationship, the, um, a, lot of the, a lot of the challenges that I was bringing. And for whatever reason, I had an epiphany and just, I know I'm, not, I'm definitely not perfect here, but just stopped worrying about her and just started working on some of my stuff. And man, it was, uh, you know, I'd say the last 18 months of our marriage has been the best of our 13 years so far. And I'm just excited about where it's going now rather than being concerned about settling into something that isn't that great long-term. And, uh, and I would say that I just really learned that I needed help to see that about myself in a way that I wasn't capable of doing myself, wasn't open to hearing that from my spouse because she had certainly told me these things. And just so grateful for someone that uh, could help, help me see that about myself and, uh, and make some changes there. It's really, it's really changed my life. Thanks for sharing that, Jacob. Follow-up question. Talk about a time you failed in the past. What you learned from this or what we can learn? The first visual that came to mind was a scroll, right? That scroll that you open up to look at and you drop it. And it's just that endless scroll that keeps going. I feel like that's my... I'm, I'm trying to figure out which of the mistakes or failures that I've had on that list to bring up. You know, I think what, what comes to mind as an organization, I just... I think it depends. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this one, and I've got plenty if we want to do any more, but I would have said no to a lot more clients early up or uh, up front when I was getting the business going. Um, I would have been more selective about the people I hired and the clients that I onboarded. In the, in the effort to be scrappy and get every cent of revenue that, that we could, which I think in some degree is necessary, but I don't think it's as necessary as we think it is. And I would have just been slower and the clients we worked with and the people that we brought on board as employees to make sure that it was the right fit because, man, the energy that goes into the wrong fit is just tremendous. And the opportunity cost that comes with that, there is no amount of revenue that compensates for that. And so that's, that's what I would do differently. Jacob, I understand you have something for our listeners. 
Like I mentioned before, we've got a software that, that we can push a button and tell people how their campaigns are looking in terms of how effective they are. And we'd love to offer uh, running that scan for free. You could just go to disruptiveadvertising.com slash audit. And you can go and fill that out and we'll run the audit and give you a big, beautiful deliverable in a PDF format that says, here's exactly what you're doing right. Here's exactly what you're doing wrong. Go fix it or we can help you. But we'd be glad to offer that with the consultation for free to point people in the right direction that needs some support and getting things off the ground with Google or Facebook or Instagram. Jacob, is there a certain type of business you you like to work with or a certain size or you just take all comers? We do have a pretty broad array of clients. Our sweet spot is typically companies that are already spending between about the five to $50,000 a month uh, on these platforms. They've already been doing it and they just quite haven't quite found that success. The, those are the ones we do a little better with. Candidly, people that have never done it before freak out uh, really, really easy. And so we, we do engage on those, but very selectively because, you know, before people have really put dollars in to online advertising, you know, that, that the emotional roller coaster that that can be with people sometimes is not a, not a roller coaster we want to go on. Jacob, can you share your social media links for yourself and your company so people can reach out to you? Yeah, you bet. So uh, the company is at Disruptive Ads on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'd love to connect personally as well. It's Jake Badsgard. There's four A's in Badsgard. I'm really easy to find. And uh, I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. That's where I'm the most active personally. And uh, would love to have a conversation if you've got any questions or want to bounce ideas off each other. And for our listeners, we'll have the links to social media and everything else on our show notes. And you can find the show notes at www com. Jacob, we're coming to the end of our talk. Can you provide all this as any last minute wisdom or advice on any subject you'd like to talk about? One of the things that, that has just been impactful for me uh, over the last year or two of the business is understanding that, that my why behind why I'm running a business, why I'm growing it, why I'm even doing these things has changed dramatically. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is that that, that was a painful discovery for me was I often wasn't willing to make the hard decision until I absolutely had to make the hard decision. And because it was so, you know, had to. And that, that is not needed, right? I don't have to let things get so bad before I'm willing to make a hard decision about personnel, about a budget decision, about um, delegating or, uh, or those types of things. And uh, what I've realized is that I've actually just blocked out a half a day a week where I review my vision for myself, my vision for the company, and I give myself the time and space to think about what needs to happen so that I don't have to let things build and build and build and then make decisions because I have to reactively, but that I can be proactively working on that and giving myself the space and time to do that. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. I know you're a busy person doing a lot of great things, and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. To our listeners, thank you for your time as well. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Kavnis HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit KavnisHR.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Kavnis HR. Thanks again, and be great every day.